It is the season of the spirit, the message, if we hear it, that makes it last all year. I love it. I love it. To, like, the, it does put me in the mood. Right? I'm not a Christmas guy, but it puts you in that mood, you know? It's so nice. It's so pure. Right? And it's as old as you are. Oh, Thanks so much for that. 1992. We went from Christmas cheer to existential crisis real fast. One and the same, my dear. (laughs) One and the same. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where even the vegetables don't like us. <laughs> I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 1992 family Christmas classic, The Muppets Christmas Carol. It's just one of those films, guys. Like, it just, it it's funny. It's a musical. It's funny. <laughs> it's Jim Henson. Literature. It's The Muppets. It's classic literature. See, all the time you're like, you call everything a classic. And I feel like you always say, it's one of those films, guys. It's one of those films, guys. It's a classic. <laughs> Before we get started, don't forget to go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. Kick and Stream. That's right. Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. <laughs> you almost got it? Yeah. <laughs> to come up with a rhythm for that. K-I-C-K-N. S T R E A M. <laughs> that one pesky letter. Yeah. <laughs> really makes it hard. <laughs> and if you haven't done so already, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice little review or a critical review. Mm-hmm. We want to hear from you guys. If you want to send us fan mail or hate mail, you can do so at <laughs> kicking and spelled out streaming podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Kicking and streaming podcast at gmail.com. Couldn't tell you when's the last time I checked the email. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Oh my goodness. So let's say you want to talk some source material. Let's talk some source material. Okay. So Muppets Christmas Carol. Well, if you take a subject and put a Muppets in front of it, I'm going to watch it. Right? Like... Muppets Treasure Island. A Muppets Zero Dark Thirty. Like... <laughs> Stop it! Can you imagine? <laughs> Muppets Boogie Nights. Ew! I know. Extra ew! Extra ew. Oh. Hey, a Muppets Harry Potter? You would watch the shit I would that. watch the shit out of a Muppets Harry Potter. <laughs> but that's not what we're dealing with today. We're dealing with the classic literature. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I feel like everybody's pretty familiar with this story. A miserly old codger has a fever dream on Christmas Eve about what his life has amounted to. You could say it's a come to Jesus moment. Oh, stop it. (laughs) And these three ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future help him take stock of his life and turn his life around. All the listeners are like, yeah, I fucking know this. Right. Get to the meat. But for those of you who don't, I'm going to have to start this conversation by saying something I don't normally say, which is that you guys have to see this movie. Yeah, guys, come on. Not because it's crucial to knowing what's going on in today's recording. Or that it's been 27 years. Right, but because there's simply not enough time in this show 
to talk about how funny this movie is, mm-hmm. how all the literary jokes, and Michael Caine, of course. And it's the Muppets. It's always a good time with the Muppets. Exactly. I'm so happy we're covering this because this movie really took the edge off my seasonal depression. Right? It does. It's one of those things. It's curing. I watch it every single year. You have to. Right? I know. We were on vacation in Florida during Christmas a couple years ago, and I made everybody watch it in the condo. <laughs> Gosh. Bah. Humbug. He was the greediest man alive. It's Ebenezer Scrooge. Until the night he met someone extraordinary. Hello. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Mr. Scrooge, even though he is odious, stingy, and badly dressed. Humbug. Oh, there goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Grin. Do you think it's safe for us to be up here? It's a game of prize for being me. The winner would be him. Yes, Mr. Cratchit. If you please, Mr. Scrooge. The bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal for the fire. We're such a How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly unemployed? It's Charles Dickens' classic tale. As only the Muppets can tell it. It's good to be heckling again. It's good to be doing anything again. Filled with holiday warmth. Hey, 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 like the lamp, not the rat, like the lamp, not the rat. And Christmas spirit. Jacob Marley. Scary stuff. Should we be worried about the kids in the audience? No, it's all right. This is culture. This is the movie to see, to share, to cherish with someone you love. Thank you for making me a part of this. Walt Disney Pictures presents, from Jim Henson Productions, The Muppet Christmas Carol. God bless us, everyone. Whatever. We're back to Henson. Yeah, we're back to Henson. Our second Jim Henson project. Was he still alive when this came out? This was the first Muppets film that was made after he passed away. Oh, Jim, no. Yeah. I'm so sad. Frank! Frank didn't have his partner. No, he didn't. He had to do this all by himself. That's right. Well, not all by himself, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like if I had it's it's like if I suddenly had to start doing this podcast without you. Please don't. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't dare mean... you. I didn't mean to bring the mood down. But you know who did direct this? Tell me, Brian Henson. That's right, his son. Oh, yeah. That makes it all the better, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Like, and um, let's talk about the most important live action actor in this film. <laughs> yeah. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. It's Alfred. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Michael Caine, sir. Michael Caine. That's right. Knighted by Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, You may know him from other topics such as... Zulu? Yeah, that one. Or... Uh, you know, he's Alfred, as I said, in the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, Austin Powers? I forgot about Austin Powers. Austin Powers and Goldmember? Oh, God. Yeah. You know, he's not in a lot of big things. But he's still a very well-loved British actor. Yeah, that's what's that's what I think is nice, is he, he doesn't have a huge filmography that we as Americans are familiar with, but he still managed to carve out 
a special little place in our hearts. <laughs> We open on a lovely little aerial shot of London, and we're seeing both humans and Muppets milling around, selling fish and produce. I love the... Because, you know, they have all these little cockney thieves running around, the little kids. Mm -hmm. Very Dickensian. Yes. And (laughs) this kid swipes a head of cabbage from a cart, and the cabbage is like, Help, I'm being stolen! Help me! (laughs) Help? Um, help? (laughs) Please? Then we meet our narrators, Rizzo the Rat and Gonzo the Blue... Gonzo the Great! (laughs) That's it. That's what his name was. Yeah, yeah. Because I... There was a whole movie about why Gonzo isn't something, and it's because he's an alien. That's right. Yeah. Yes, Muppets in Space. Yeah. Yes. We are family. Okay. Gonzo actually introduces himself to us as Charles Dickens, the the writer of the Christmas Carol story. He is Charles Dickens. And Rizzo immediately calls bullshit. My name is Charles Dickens. And my name is Rizzo the Rat. Hey, wait a huh? second. You're not Charles Dickens. I am too. No, a blue furry Charles Dickens who hangs out with a rat. Absolutely. Charles Dickens was a 19th century novelist, a genius. Oh, you were too kind. (laughs) Identity crisis. Yeah, it's like he's having an actual identity crisis. Um, One of the reasons I've always loved the way they tell this is because it reminds me a great deal, I think, of what you and I would be like if we had to narrate a classic story. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) We'd have to pick one first. Yeah. Let's do The Grapes of Wrath. That'll be a laugh riot. How about we not? (laughs) How about we so not? Gonzo, as Charles Dickens, will demonstrate his all-knowing narrator powers Mm -hmm. for us many times, but the first instance... In life, the Marleys had been business partners with a shrewd moneylender named Ebenezer Scrooge. You will meet him as he comes around that corner. Where? There. When? Now. There he is, Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge. This leads us into our first musical number. It's simply titled Scrooge. And they start going, at the end of the day, you're another day older. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it feels, though. It's a very at the end of the day feel. Like Les Mis vibes. Yes. Because he comes around the corner. (laughs) Rizzo goes, uh, is it getting cold around here? (laughs) I love this score. And I love this song. Yeah. Because throughout the whole number, we never really see Scrooge's face. Yeah. We pretty much just see him from, like, the wrists up. It's a very Miranda Priestly anticipative moment. Right? (laughs) Anticipative. It's a word. Anticipatory? Okay. This is also one of those songs that's just very, like, bonjour from Beauty and the Beast, where, like, people are singing about the protagonist while they're walking through town. And he's obviously hearing none of it. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe he is and is just choosing to ignore everyone. Oh, there goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Grim. If they gave a prize for being mean, the winner would be him. Old Scrooge, he loves his money cause he thinks it gives him power. If he became a flavor, you can bet he would be sour. Even the vegetables don't like him. 
Um, I love the I love the other Dickensian reference. Which is what? Which is the little little mouse. Uh-huh. Please, sir. I want some cheese. What's that a reference to? Oliver Twist. Oh, like I want some more. Yeah. Ross, I've never noticed that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, learning things together. Nice. Shit. <laughs> I also love how at the end of the song, everybody's like behind him singing like the last few bars while he's unlocking the count house. Because like me. Every day, in every way, Scrooge is getting worse. Oh boy. The time flies. And he just turns around and... Everybody's like, oh, no, 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 we were doing nothing. Um, <laughs> Humbug. Finally, we see Michael Caine as Scrooge. This was the very first thing I ever saw Michael Caine in, and I probably didn't see him again, like you said, until Batman Begins, which is quite the time jump. Yeah. That's like almost 20 years. Uh Uh-huh. Because this movie, through Gonzo, takes a lot of the narration directly from the story, and Scrooge is always described as... He was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, clutching, covetous old sinner. He doesn't have a care for anybody in the world except for his money. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) we meet his head clerk, Bob Cratchit, Kermit the Frog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Portrayed by Kermit in this adaptation. Two things to talk about right here. Right off the bat, we're hit with about a half dozen lines that are meant to characterize Scrooge as a heartless cheapskate, right? Yeah. Like, Bob Cratchit is going back and forth. Is like, well, we... <laughs> Scrooge is like, we need to get these eviction notices out for tomorrow. And Bob's like, um, tomorrow's Christmas, sir? <laughs> Tomorrow's Christmas, sir. And I just love... That was good! That was really good! And I just love how Scrooge is like, Very well, you may gift wrap them. (laughs) Like, shit! Okay, Jeff Bezos, like... Oh my god. The second thing is that in addition to having Bob as a head clerk, under Bob, we have about... All the other Rizzos? Yeah, all the other Rizzos. <laughs> all of the other rats in the Muppet verse who are not Rizzo. Yeah. There's about a dozen of them just playing clerks in the count house, uh-huh. right? That when they ask if they can have some more coal for the fire. Like, you know, just to like stay warm. Right. You know, because it's fucking frigid in December. If you please, Mr. Scrooge, it's gotten colder. Yeah. Any bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal for the fire? We can't do the bookkeeping. Yeah, all of our pens have turned to inksicles. Yeah. Our assets are frozen. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly... It cuts back to the bookkeepers and they're all in, like, this vacation island garb. <laughs> Heat wave! <laughs> We get most of the Christmas Carol stories, important narrative beats in this movie, right? And that includes the introduction of Scrooge's nephew, Fred, who is in every way the opposite of Scrooge. Yeah. Scrooge is old. He is young. Scrooge is miserable. And Fred is, like, terminally chipper. Christmas is a loving, honest, and charitable time. And though it's never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that Christmas has done me good and will do me good. And I say, God bless it. And how does one celebrate Christmas on the unemployment line? Like, I want to know what happened 
between the raising of Ebenezer and Ebenezer's sibling to make Fred turn out like that. Isn't Fred his sister's child? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <gasps> Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Isn't that explained in the original Christmas Carol? Oh, that's... Oh, shit. I'm just remembering... Wait, does the little sister die? Fran grew up, gave birth to Fred, and then she got very sick and died. And Scrooge loved his sister and, you know, never really accepted the fact that she died. Fred looks so much like Fran that the sight of him depresses Scrooge, Mm -hmm. really. And so that's kind of why he has zero time for Fred in general. Bunsen and Beaker show up as charity men looking for holiday donations to the poor while Fred is there. And Scrooge delivers the famous line. My taxes go to pay for the prisons and the poor houses. The homeless must go there. But some would rather die. If they'd rather die, then they'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. You know, that's a pretty heartless thing to say when people are freezing to death in the cold because they're homeless. And we think that in 2019, but I don't really think it's a lot different from everybody sharing that screen grab of Dwight from the office going, there's too many people here. We need a new plague. Yeah. <laughs> See, that, that's funny to us. Yeah, because we do. <laughs> Stop. It's funny because it's true. The funniest things are true. <sighs> so later that night, It's Christmas Eve, and Scrooge is gathering his things to leave, and Bob's like, so are we coming in tomorrow? It is Christmas. Yeah. Bob convinces Scrooge to close the office for Christmas, not because he should have already, but because there's no one else who will be doing business that day, so he's losing money by being open. This is some common sense stuff to me. Yeah, but he's like, no, work, toil. It's a poor excuse to pick a man's pocket every December the 25th. Like, damn. Right? Can you, like, ease up? But he gets his stuff and he leaves. And then, like, the mi- the rats are looking out the window going, he's gone. <laughs> All right, everybody. Let's close up for Christmas. And <laughs> your current impression. Well, it's not that great. It's but... not that bad. <laughs> this takes us into one more sleep till Christmas. There's magic in the air this evening, magic in the air. The world is at her best, you know, when people love and care. The promise of excitement is one the night will keep. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. Kermit as Bob. Kermit Bob. Kermit Bob. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Okay. So Kermit Bob (laughs) and the bookkeepers are closing up the shop, getting everything all nice and neat. Me at Cracker Barrel on Christmas Eve. Right? (laughs) And then they go out into the London streets and the Christmas spirit is alive and well. Children playing and making snowmen. Penguins ice skating. Yes, of course. Do you love that? Who can forget the penguins ice skating? We get a rare shot of Kermit's legs as he, like, skates by. Yeah, and you're like, oh, he stands. (laughs) (laughs) I love how how the penguins are, like, rushing by and, like, Gonzo and Rizzo see them ice skating. Wow! No way! Come on, Rizzo! No way! This song was big mood 
as a kid, right? Yeah. Because when you're counting down the days until Christmas and you've been staring at all those presents from mom and dad under the tree and you're wondering what Santa's going to bring you. I can remember being a little kid, like a little, little. There was one year I looked out the window every day because I was hoping there would be snow on the ground Uh because that means Christmas time. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, this is so cute. I know. Now we're at Scrooge's home. This is where Gonzo reminds us that the Marleys were dead to begin with. Because that's like the first line of the story, right? Yeah, the, that is the very that is the opening line of A Christmas Carol is, Marley was dead to begin with. Can I just take this opportunity to say that A Christmas Carol, it's Christmas themed. I really think that if A Christmas Story... Christmas Story. That's a completely that's a, different... No, 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 no. I really think that if A Christmas Carol is anything... It's a horror story. It's a ghost story. Like, yeah, it's a ghost story. And if you read A Christmas Carol, you're likely to get spooked. Mm-hmm. Like, like the opening images in the describing Marley's body. Oh, yeah. In the casket. The fact that his jaw won't stay closed. Uh, yeah, his jaw won't stay closed. And he's got... Pennies on his eyes. To keep them shut. Yeah. Yeah. Because now we're at the part... Where Scrooge approaches his front door and he's unlocking it, and the ornate door knocker transforms into Statler's face of Statler and Waldorf. Jacob Marley. Scrooge, like, jumps back. Gonzo passes out from fright. (laughs) Oh, my God. And it's just Jacob Marley. Because, remember, in the original story, it's just Jacob Marley. Marley was Scrooge's business partner before he died. Yeah. But they wanted to incorporate Statler and Waldorf into it, so they changed it to the Marley brothers. I was probably in high school before I intellectualized that there was no Robert Marley. Yeah, there was no Robert Marley. <laughs> so Scrooge is in his So Scrooge just brushes that off. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Like the door knocker transformed. That wasn't odd at all. So Scrooge is in his house now and Gonzo and Rizzo are trying to get in somehow so they can continue to tell the story. <laughs> Gonzo is telling us <laughs> I just love their little B plot adventures. <laughs> They have to get in so they can continue to tell the story. Gonzo is telling us that Scrooge is searching his room upstairs and, like, Rizzo calls bullshit. He's like, how do you know what he's doing? (laughs) We're down here and he's up there. And he demonstrates it for us. He turns, looks dead into the camera and goes, To conduct a proper search, Scrooge was forced to light the lamps. How does he do that? I think that all of the literary jokes and the lack of respect for the fourth wall is why this is my favorite adaptation of The Christmas Carol. There are better ones, like empirically, ones that are more true to the story and the original spirit of the story. But this one is by far my favorite because of Gonzo and Rizzo. I think think the Muppets have a very good talent for adaptations but at the same time parodies right like they're able to maintain a feel of a genuine adaptation but at the same time giving it their own paradise the entire concept like paradise that 
might be a word. I don't know. <laughs> You're looking at me so shittily right now. <laughs> You're mad. Let me make up words. Okay, I'm sorry. Parody. Paradise. They're able to parod. They're they're able to parody the whole concept. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's correct. Maybe. <laughs> the next section of this movie, the moments leading up to the appearance of the Marley brothers, are so fraught with suspense. Like sometimes we forget. Like you were saying earlier, sometimes we forget that this is a ghost story. Yeah. As well as a Christmas story. Uh huh. So I love it when adaptations give it that little Edgar Allan Poe flair. Yeah. Because he's just sitting in his chair by the fire with his plate of cheese, his his midnight snack or whatever. The fire goes out, <laughs> and <laughs> you see this eerie light appear on the stairs over his shoulder, and there's all this music. It was scary as a kid. Yeah. And then just all of a sudden, whoosh, it's Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> oh, 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 look, it's Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh. Looking older and more wicked than ever. I knew he wouldn't disappoint us. <laughs> you remember these old coots. They had the balcony seats in the Muppet Theater. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Scrooge is, of course flabbergasted. These are his deceased business partners. This is one of my favorite, like, puns, I think, in literature. Why do you doubt your senses? Because a little thing can affect them. A slight disorder of the stomach can make them cheat. You may be a bit of undigested beef, a blob of mustard, (laughs) a crumb of cheese. Yes. There's more of gravy than of grave about you. Isn't that an actual line, though? Yes, that's from the story. More of gravy than of grave. What a terrible pun. Like they're roasting Dickens. I know. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my God. This takes us into Marley and Marley. The brothers are here to tell Scrooge that if he doesn't quit his miserly ways, he's going to end up just like them, bopping around purgatory in chains for the rest of eternity. D-E-D, dead. <laughs> Why do you come to me? We're Marley and Marley, avarice and greed. We took advantage of the poor, just ignored the needy. We specialized in causing pain, spreading fear and doubt. And if you could not pay the rent, we simply threw you out. (laughs) I can only assume this was shot elsewhere, like Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, yeah. They were shot elsewhere and then edited back in and post, because they're transparent. It's a pretty good-looking job up until the point where they wrap the chains around Scrooge and pull themselves towards him. Uh Uh-huh. And... Mike, you can tell Michael Caine's like looking off camera at a PA who's like waving his arm. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like he's actually looking at them. But my friends, you were not unfeeling towards your fellow men. True. There was something about mankind we loved. I think it was their money. <laughs> Doom, Scrooge. You're doomed for all time. Your future is a horror story written by your crime. I love that. Yeah, like... It's some great lyrics. Yeah. And it... Oh, look, I gave myself goosebumps. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I'm talking about the Muppet Some movie. great lyrics. 
I know. Let's take it back when they knew how to write. Like <laughs> now, baby, those were lyrics. Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> Finest of film. Also, can we talk about the counting boxes that are singing in chorus? What the fuck? <laughs> like, even the money is a ghost? Like, <laughs> so have your fun when life is done. A nightmare waits for you. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I've always loved the line when Marley's explaining what's going to happen to Scrooge. You will be haunted by three spirits. You'll meet the first one when the bell tolls one. And he goes, can I just meet them all at once and get it over with? Yeah. <laughs> That's me. No, Scrooge. (laughs) Then we wouldn't have a plot. (laughs) Respect the narrative, mortal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love this part where they're still trying to get into the house. And they've somehow managed to scale the gate. And they now have to... Gonzo has jumped down inside the courtyard. And Rizzo is standing on top of the gate looking terrified. Now, Scrooge's bedchamber is on this side of the house. Oh, jump! There's only two things in this life I hate. Heights and jumping from them. <sighs> Too late now. Come on, I'll catch you. Uh, God save my little broken body. He doesn't catch he him. He doesn't catch him. But that's when he realizes he forgot his jelly beans on the other side. Damn. And he crawls right back through the bars <laughs> to get it. Gonzo's like, you can fit through those bars? Yeah. You are such an idiot. What? What? Hey, what? What? Who do you think's Gonzo and who do you think is Rizzo? Me and you. I think we're both Gonzo. I was going to say, I think my pretension automatically makes me Gonzo. Yeah. (laughs) And you are Rizzo, who is constantly looking at me like, what? I guess. Okay. Why, do you want to be Gonzo? Do you want to be the narrator? I, I know you want to be the narrator. Oh. I'm looking at your face. I know you want to be. You know how I like to narrate things. Yep. Back in Scrooge's house, the ghost of Christmas past is expected to arrive at the stroke of one. Gonzo and Rizzo are climbing a tree outside so they can get up to the window and see what happens. And it's actually kind of an epic moment. Expect the first ghost when the bell tolls one! And the set is just illuminated with this blinding white light. Mm -hmm. He's got his curtains drawn in his bed, and then he sees it light up. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, there's something going on outside. And then the ghost appears. She's like a little floating redheaded child. Uh Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am. But you're just a child. I can remember nearly 1,900 years. I'm the ghost of Christmas past. You know, originally they were going to have established Muppets play these ghosts. Like Scooter was going to be the ghost of Christmas past. And Piggy, Miss Piggy was going to be the ghost of Christmas present. And Gonzo, before they wrote him as the narrator, was going to be the ghost of Christmas yet to come. I'm very glad they went with different casting decisions. Casting decisions. Like, they're real people. Mm -hmm. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I think if they had used established Muppets for these ghosts, it would have taken the wind out of the sails of the spooky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't have taken it as seriously. I love how the ghost is like, yeah, we're going to fly to the past. 
And they like she's like, touch my hand and you shall fly. And then they just fly out the window. I don't trust this fucking spooky little girl. <laughs> she was like a napkin. Gonzo and Rizzo have to like lasso onto them. Yeah. And just hang on for dear life. <laughs> They're literally, watch this. <laughs> Rizzo's not having a good time with it. No. fly into this whiteout and suddenly we've arrived in the past. They've arrived in Scrooge's childhood and it's on Christmas Eve. I really like the way you said this in the Nightmare episode about how you can tell when someone's brain is lighting up. Yeah. But he, all the sights and the sounds of his childhood. Yeah, he's like, holy shit. Yeah. I never, what? <laughs> <laughs> never thought I'd get these sights again. And he's like, oh, things that made me happy. It's the happiest we've seen him so far. Yeah. He's looking around his old schoolhouse. And he's like, that's my friend. Yeah. We were best friends. I loved that guy. You know, like. But per usual, the shadows of the past can't see or hear them. Mm -hmm. I chose my profession in this room. And is he too familiar? Scrooge beheld a small boy. A boy he knew. Oh, very well indeed. Good heavens. It's me. I would love that. Wouldn't you love that? Ross, the next thing I have in my notes is, what would you give to be able to walk around your past? Where where would you go? What would you look at? Oh, I'm overcome. You're overcome? Oh, so many things. Uh, I, if I were given the choice... And I could go back to my childhood, my adolescence. I would probably go back to a lot of theater events. I mean, yeah. And, you know, like too. when we when we strike, when we striked, when we struck set after mm-hmm. productions and we would have dance parties mm-hmm. or I might also I might also just go back and like leave a note for my past self. Boys are not important. (laughs) I think I'd be a lot farther along in life if I'd known that. What about you? I would leave. I would probably go see myself sitting in someone's class and the note I'd leave myself would be, do your fucking homework! (laughs) Jesus! All that. Do your fucking homework, Jesus. This is where we learn that Scrooge was a rather lonely child. <laughs> no. No, yeah. <laughs> I was often alone. More time for reading and, and study. The Christmas holiday was, was a chance to get some extra work done. Time for solitude. So he doesn't have all of these pleasant family togetherness memories of Christmas time. Like Voldemort. Yes, like Voldemort. <laughs> like Voldemort, yeah. He stayed at Hogwarts every holiday because he hated his parents. I love how you can always bring it back to HP. Yeah. The ghost of Christmas past takes Scrooge forward in the future a little bit to another Christmas Eve in like his probably early 20s, you think? Yeah. Tell me, Ebenezer Scrooge, do you know this place? Know it? My first job was here. This is Fuzzywig's old rubber chicken factory. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I, okay, 
So Mr. Fezziwig in the original A Christmas Carol was a moneylander, a moneylander. He was a moneylender who Scrooge worked for as a young man, his first employer. He was, uh, you know, kind of learned all the tricks of the trade from him. But Fezziwig's kind of just like, he's just like the exact opposite of what Scrooge is as an employer. Right. Like, he is very loving and caring. He treated Scrooge like a son. Yeah. And I, I'm sure he treated all his employees that way. Yeah. Who's Fezziwig portrayed by in this version, Ross? Fozzie Bear. Yeah. Because he's... Mr. Fozziewig. He just, that just slid in there. That just, you know when things just work out? Yeah. <laughs> Fozziewig. Look, my lads, dusk has fallen. And the lamplighters are at work. It's Christmas Eve for certain. What an employer he was. As hard and as ruthless as a rose petal. <laughs> Fozziewig's rubber chicken factory. What the fuck? <laughs> Why is it a rubber chicken factory? Who needs rubber chickens that early on in the game. Do you think it's to catch game? Maybe. Is that what the original functionality of rubber chicken Guys, Twitter, kick and stream at us. What's the original function of a rubber chicken? <laughs> Why were they ever made in the first place? So what's happening? Fozziewig's having a party. Mm-hmm. His annual Christmas party. <laughs> He's a very benevolent soul and has a jolly disposition and... It's just another antithesis to Scrooge's seriousness and lack of frivolity. Like, Scrooge, first of all, can we talk about how yummy young Scrooge is? Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, is he yummy? I think so. Okay. You gotta look up a picture now, aren't you? I mean... Aw, you don't think he's cute? I mean, he. I think he's very good... As a younger version of Michael Caine. Oh, he does. He does look like he could be Michael Caine's son. Yeah, yeah. And, but I don't know about young. <laughs> I think he's cute. I think he looks like he's skeevy and has secrets that he can't tell the general population. Anyway. <laughs> but young Scrooge comes out and he's like, Excuse me, Mr. Fossiewig. Excuse me. Yes, sir. I've been going over the accounts. Do you know how much the firm is spending for this party? Master Scrooge, uh, this is Christmas. Uh, it's a time for generosity. Stop working. Enjoy yourself. Go meet some people. Go ahead. Go ahead. Will you please stop working and go have fun? Like, come on. This is where, like, I feel like this is the scene where if they didn't have a role in mind for a Muppet, this is the scene they just threw them in. We have Rolf the dog on the piano. Yeah. And Animal and his band. Uh -huh. It's a party. They have to. Uh-huh. Speaking of beautiful people, this is where we meet Belle. <laughs> Stop it. Excuse me. Belle, I'd like to introduce you to Ebenezer Scrooge, the finest young financial mind in the city. Ebenezer, this is Belle, a friend of the Fozziewig family. I'm pleased to meet you. The love of Scrooge's life. Yeah. Everything slows down and gets quiet. And the ghost turns to him and goes, Do you remember this meeting? Remember? Yes. I remember. And Michael, Michael Caine. Yeah. With his facial expressions, just like, yes, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, there were times where it wasn't all doom and gloom. I know. 
Yeah. You can tell he's just cycling through every good memory he ever had with her. Yeah. There was, of course, another Christmas Eve with this young woman. Some years later. Oh, please. Do not show me that Christmas. And then... (laughs) And then the ghost is a real dick. Yeah. Uh, Fuck this ghost. Right? Because she takes him to the Christmas Eve where Belle finally left him for good. Yeah, why does she have to do that? Because this is the point. You know, Belle is one of the first things that we can point to in Scrooge's history where he really screwed up. You know what I mean? With his own actions. Because what happened was he got obsessed with money and success and he kept telling Belle, we can't get married yet. We don't have enough money. Yeah. And she's like, well, you're a partner in the firm now. We have plenty of money. We can get married. But he's so obsessed with spending money. Not spending money, I should say. That he keeps putting off their wedding. Frivolous venture, if you ask me. Ex- Marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is where, this is the scene in his life where she is breaking things off with him for good. We- with a very... Very upsetting song. Yeah, we need to talk about this scene because I think that you and I had a very special experience of this movie as kids who owned it on VHS. Because the scene, this scene in the theatrical, there's a beautiful song in this scene called When Love Is Gone. Yeah. Love is gone. Love is gone. The sweetest dream that you have ever. This this song is not in the theatrical cut. Nobody saw it in the theater. And now when you go back and try to stream this movie, it's not in the cuts of the stream. Really? It was only available in some home video releases. They got rid of it entirely, huh? Yeah, because I guess the feeling was is that the song, while lovely, j- children wouldn't really understand what was going on. And you know they're kind of right. It's very slow and sad and kind of boring. Yeah, no. And it's like, can we just get back to the talking fists full of felt, please? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So Scrooge is devastated. This is where the ghost of Christmas past leaves Scrooge because she's tortured him enough. Yeah. And she's like, well, now that you feel terrible, bye. (laughs) It's two o'clock. And at the stroke of two... The ghost of Christmas present arrives in style. Ho, 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 come in and know me better, man. He's kind of like Santa Claus, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, with all the belly laughs and the benevolent spirit. Know me better, man. Exactly. Yeah. They maintained a lot of the images from the Dickens story where, you know, the spirit is large and he fills the room and he's surrounded by lots of food and other goods like symbolic of benevolence and plenty come in and know me better man Uh, did i already say that you did i am the ghost of christmas present this is the night before the dawn before the day of christmas (laughs) did i tell you that i am the ghost of christmas present you did yeah Come in and know me better, man. (laughs) He's so contagious. Yeah. You know what I mean? With his joy and and, and his revelry or whatever. 
I mean, not to get too mushy here, but it's kind of how I feel when I'm with Gavin at Christmas. Yeah. He's so cheerful and, and into everything, and it just kind of catches, uh-huh. and it's catching on with Scrooge, too. Yeah, and he's like, oh, my, how infectious you are. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that everything seems wonderful at Christmas? Uh, in all honesty, spirit, no. Perhaps I've never understood about Christmas. Before this day is done, you will understand. The spirit takes him out into London on Christmas morning. Yeah. And, And it's that morning. It's the morning that's supposed to happen, you know, after the ghosts arrive. This takes us into It Feels Like Christmas. It's in the singing of a street corner choir. It's going home and getting warm by the fire. It's true wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas. A cup of kindness that we share with another. A sweet reunion with a friend or a brother. In all the places you find love, it feels like Christmas. You got caught by your boss today because you were singing this. Dr. Swisher did find me twirling about in the lobby going, It is the season of the heart, a special time of caring. (laughs) This might be my favorite song in the score. It makes me feel so floaty and like I want to knit a sweater even though I don't know how. I feel like the Grinch. My heart is growing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm feeling... Exactly. Yeah. And by the end of it, Scrooge is getting into it. Like he's like dancing alongside Uh, the spirit and everything. Spirit, I had no idea. I wish to see friends. Kin, show me family. The spirit takes Scrooge to the home of his nephew, Fred, who's entertaining guests, right? Yeah. And they're playing 20 questions. I guess. I guess. Charades. I don't know. I don't know. No, it's a yes and no game. Uh Oh, that is what it's called. Let's play yes and no. Is that what they say? Yeah, but it's basically 20 questions. Uh-huh. And, you know, Fred, you, they have to ask Fred questions to, to suss out what he's thinking about, mm-hmm. right? Wait, then. Is it an unwanted creature? Often. A mouse! No. A rat! You called? A cockroach! No. A witch! Oh, dear, it's too wonderful. Wait, wait, I know. An unwanted creature, but not a rat, a leech, or a cockroach. Then what? Then what? What? It's Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes. <laughs> They're talking about Scrooge. Yeah, and he's just standing there like, what? Yeah. What the fuck? It's like, so rude. Yeah. How, why Why are you doing that? Oh. Yep. But that's Scro- how I am. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I just love how he's like, no more. I don't want to see any more. But the, the ghost has more. Yeah, the ghost <laughs> is like, oh, no. We're not done yet. We're going to go see... How the misfortunate live. (laughs) The spirit takes him to Bob Cratchit's house. And I love this because Rizzo is immediately enticed by the smell of the goose cooking. Mm -hmm. Because they're on the roof. They're chimney sweeps, right? Yeah. (laughs) Another outfit. Yes. Another profession. Like. From Victorian England. Come on. Rizzo's just like leaning over the chimney. Oh, that smells wonderful. Oh, good grief. Hey, I'm stuck. Get me out of here. I knew you weren't suited for literature. Mrs. Cratchit in this version is played by none other than Miss Piggy. If if Kermit is going to be Bob Cratchit, of course Piggy's going to be Mrs. Cratchit. Kermit. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, do not stop turning that spit. 
That is the whole secret of a properly roasted goose. It smells so good, Mother. It does, doesn't it? Tiny Tim. Oh, that's right. Robin the Frog. Robin the Frog. I forgot that he actually had a name, mm-hmm. Robin the Frog. Little Kermie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bob arrives home with their youngest child, Tiny Tim. What is the nature of Tiny Tim's malady? Tiny Tim has... Is it polio? Gonorrhea. It's not gonorrhea. Uh, he has... My God. <laughs> Dickens did not explicitly say what Tiny Tim's illness was. However, renal tubular acidosis is a type of kidney failure causing the blood to become acidic has been proposed as a possibility. Or rickets. It just me. it literally means... I've got glass bones and paper skin. That's what rickets are? R- no, rickets is your bones are just not suited for life. Oh, shoot. They didn't develop as well as they could have. So whatever whatever the nature of it, it it forces him to use a crutch, and it's also fatal. He, mm. he could very well die any day. How was he at church? Oh, as good as gold and better. He told me that he hoped the people saw him in church because it might be pleasant for them to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. A remarkable child. I love how the Muppets, as as an entity, is billed as a children's program, but they're not afraid to go there in terms of the seriousness. Because, again, we have sick kids who could die, but they don't pander to children. They just give them an amount of detail that they can handle, like about the fact that Tiny Tim is probably going to die because the family is living in poverty. Mm-hmm. It only seems right that I should lift a glass to my employer. I give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed. (laughs) If I had him here, I would give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I bet he would choke on it. Hmm. Choke! I would feel like a real heel if I saw the clerk who I abused the most toasting my name at the dinner table. The founder of the feast is what Bob says. He calls Scrooge the founder of the feast. This is where the spirit says... You know, if these shadows remain unchanged, if they continue to live in poverty, Tiny Tim is going to die. It's a very bleak thought, especially when you're listening to this beautiful song that he's singing. Bless us all who gather here, the lovely family I hold dear. No place on earth compares with home. And every path will bring me back from where I roam. (laughs) Scrooge is standing there choking back tears and thinking to himself, wow, I am a piece of shit. Your eyes. Can you imagine? Your face right now. If you don't become like a better person, and I mean like this morning. This child may finally succumb to his malady. But Scrooge, but does Scrooge care? Are there no workhouses? Are there no prisons? Yeah, like that, that's his current frame of mind, yeah. and his eyes are really being open to the fact that how he behaves directly affects others. I love how during this whole song, like the the spirit is just rapidly aging by the second, mm-hmm. because by the end of the song, his hair is white, and he's like, "Hey, it's time to go. My time grows short." Yeah, you have meant so much to me. You have changed me. 
And now I leave you with the ghost of Christmas yet to come. You mean the future? Mm. Must I? Go forth and know him better, man. <laughs> this is where things get super serious, though, because we start to deal with some very thematically dark matter. In just a few moments, all of this fog rolls in. No, I love it because he's standing there. And then he turns around and the fog is right there. And he's like, ah, and then he's like, <laughs> he, fog. he basically turns into it. He's literally like, oh my. And then like <laughs> continues to run. Here comes the fog. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the ghost of Christmas yet to come just is there. It's a dementor. Yeah. You know what? You're right. <laughs> like, it does look exactly like a Dementor. <laughs> that textbook's a thousand years old. It still refers to Dementors as ring wraiths. <laughs> Stop. I can't. Oh, shit. He's very tall and stoic with the long robe, and you can't see his face. He's the only ghost that doesn't speak. He's always silent. He mm. won't answer Scrooge's questions. Because when that would be them. comforting. It would be comforting. Yeah. And this future is unknown and scary. Mm -hmm. I am prepared to follow and to learn with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me? This is also where Gonzo and Rizzo peace out because it's too scary. No, yeah. They're literally like, um, we're going to see you at the end. <laughs> You're on your own. We're out. <laughs> Despite how scary it is, Scrooge is like, all right, I'm here. I'm ready to learn because I've got to get my shit back in order. So lead on, spirit. The ghost takes him to another Christmas Eve. In what year, we don't know. The spirit is showing him a series of vignettes in which townspeople are talking about the death of this guy that nobody liked. Well, it's likely to be a cheap funeral. I don't know a single soul who'd go to it. I wouldn't mind going. Huh? If lunch is provided. <laughs> it's a shame that you would live a life that would cause people to speak about you that way mm -hmm. after you're gone. It's it's something I want to avoid entirely. Like that Chris Traeger gift where it's like, I am terrified of nearly impacting any living thing around me. <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge is watching all of these vignettes kind of in denial, I think, because how on earth would you not know that this is all supposed to be about you? Right. Like, they're not saying his name, but how do you not know? Why else would the ghost be showing it to you? That would be my first thing. I'd be, oh, shit, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. This is death. Oh, my God. The spirit takes him back to Bob Cratchit's house for the downer to end all downers. The Cratchit house is not alive with love and happiness this Christmas because Tiny Tim has very recently passed, like three days ago. It's all right, children. Life is made up of meetings and partings. That is the way of it. I am sure we shall never forget Tiny Tim or this first parting that there was among us. Can you imagine being Scrooge standing there and thinking, I caused this? In part. Because Scrooge, by his own admission, he's like, I pay Bob such a small amount. 
you know? Yeah. And and he contributed to this happening. And I love how he's like, tur- he's turning to the spirit and he's like, whoa, whoa, does this really have to happen? Yeah. Like, no, I can fix this. Mm-hmm. I can prevent this from happening. And the spirit has no words. No words of comfort. Then the spirit takes him back to the graveyard where this whole journey started, right? This is where Scrooge demands to know the identity of the deceased man that they've been hearing about. Spirit, I know what I must ask. I fear to, but I must. Who was the wretched man whose death brought so much glee and happiness to others? True to the story, instead of answering his question, all the spirit does is point to this gravestone that's covered in snow. And, like, Scrooge understands, I have to go over there and figure out who's buried here. The walk between the spirit and the gravestone, he keeps turning around going, I can make this right. I don't have to do this. And then the ghost is like, Patrick, look at it! Look at it! Look at it! I want all of you to look at it! Yeah. Scrooge wipes away the snow from the stone. And of course, there's his name. It's literally written in stone. I find the emotional payoff of this scene, like with Michael Caine, to be why I think I prefer his performance as Scrooge. There have been lots of great actors who have portrayed Scrooge in far more serious settings that are more loyal to the source material, but I just love how Michael Caine throughout this whole movie has been in scenes with Muppets. Like, they're just real humans, you know? But it's like, it's completely seamless. Yeah. And then this completely not serious movie at all, and then this end scene, he's just crying. He's sobbing Mm -hmm. at the sight of his own grave. I will live my life in the past, the present, and the future. I will not shut out the lessons the spirits have taught me. Tell me that I may sponge out the writing on this stone. (laughs) Oh, spirit, please speak to me. (laughs) Scrooge wakes up. Thank God. It was all a dream. Was it? (laughs) Exactly. It seemed pretty fucking real. We don't really know. Yeah. Maybe he had too much opium before bed, and that's how all of this happened. (laughs) Is that it? I don't know. But regardless of whether or not it actually happened, tis a passing fancy. Absolutely. I will live my life in the past, the present, and the future of Jacob and Robert Marley. Oh, heaven in the Christmas time be praised for this day. I say it on my knees, Jacob and Robert, on my knees. Scrooge is literally a new man. Yeah. He's walking around. He's so happy to be alive. This is joy? What is this emotion? (laughs) What's this? What's What's this? this? (laughs) (laughs) Little boy, what day is it? Oh, that's right. Yes. Because Gonzo and Rizzo are back too. Thank you. They're sitting on the windowsill like, hey, isn't this great? Yeah. Yeah. And this is the part where Scrooge goes over and opens the window Uh and knocks them both off. (laughs) Do you think it's safe for us to be up here? Scrooge is saved. What can happen now? Yeah. (laughs) And he sees that kid from the beginning that he, like, threw out of the count house. (laughs) What's today? Pardon? What's today, my fine fellow? Today? Well, today is Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day. I haven't missed it. The spirits did it all in one night. They can do anything they like. Of course they can. Of course they can. He gives the little boy 
like five shillings to go buy a turkey. I don't know how much change that leaves he him said, with. And he's like, oh, fucking boy, I'll be right back with your meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring it to Bob Cratchit's house. What a surprise it'll be. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. And a few moments later, dressed in his finest, Scrooge appeared on the streets of the city to wish Merry Christmas to all the world. And he comes across the he comes across Bunsen and Beaker again, the charity guys, and he's like, "Hey, I was a real asshole yesterday. Can you put me down for?" Yeah, like, yeah. He pledges an enormous donation. And and th- again, another part where I almost always cry because, oh my goodness, I don't know what to say. I just wish there was something we could give you. And Beaker, yeah, gives Scrooge his scar. Yeah. A gift? A gift for me? <laughs> I can't. Yeah. But this takes us into thankful heart. With a thankful heart, with an endless joy, with a growing family, every girl and boy will be nephew and niece to me. Nephew and niece to me. Will bring love, hope, and peace to me. Love, hope, and peace to me. Yes, and every night will end. And every day will start with a grateful prayer and a thankful heart. I love this song. Mm-hmm. It's such. Not only is it a lovely change of pace in Scrooge's character. <laughs> it's a jaunty little tune. Yeah. It's kind of like if you played the first song backwards. <laughs> This is what it sounds like. You think so? Yeah. (laughs) And it's wonderful to see Michael Caine doing his sincere best to To sing. sing. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Stop and look around you. The glory that you see is born again each day. Don't let it slip away. How precious life can be. Bless his heart. His affect more than makes up for it. I think he really got cast because he looked the part, but I think he ended up blowing it out of the water. Exactly. And I think he looks like he's having fun. Yeah. You know, he's walking through the city, surrounded by Muppets, singing about how he's going to be a different man from now on. Yeah. I love when he goes to Fred's and gives them presents. And Clara's laughing, and Fred's literally like, who the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> who is that was man? That my uncle? <laughs> it couldn't have been. They arrive at Bob Cratchit's, and I love this bit. Scrooge is going to try and fake out the Cratchit's with some anger. You, sir, were not at work this morning as we had discussed. Oh, but, but, Mr. Scrooge, sir, we did discuss it. It's Christmas Day. You gave me the day off. I, I, Ebenezer Scrooge, would I do a thing like that? Piggy's standing behind the door. And she's like, I'm gonna fuck this bitch up. I know! She's like, I love me a good shot of Miss Piggy in whatever film it is. Just seething with rage. <laughs> like, she's trembling. <laughs> And she's her her she's about to swallow her lips because she's pursing them so hard. <laughs> and she's just like <laughs> We are all Miss Piggy now and again. She throws that door open and she's like, listen, asshole. <laughs> and I have him 
fill of you, Mr. Emily, Scrooge. Emily, Mr. And Scro- therefore, Bob Cratchit. And therefore, you can leave this house at once. And therefore, I'm about to raise your salary. Oh, and I am about to raise you right off the pavement and onto the... Yes, Bob. Raise your salary and pay your mortgage on this house. Hey! Hey! What? (laughs) And then Scrooge comes in. He brings all these people and food with him. And they sit down to a lovely little Christmas dinner. And Gonzo's wrapping up the story for us. And Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And uh, Tiny Tim? And Tiny Tim, who did not die... Oh, isn't that swell? (laughs) To Tiny Tim, Scrooge became a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city ever had. (laughs) We kind of forgot to talk about this back when it happened originally, but we get the line again... God bless us. Everyone. Everyone. And we end the movie. Here's here's what's odd about when love is gone not being in any in every cut of the movie. Because the the song we go out on is a reprise of when love is gone. But the lyrics instead are the love we found. So it re- oh, like why? Have you never realized that? No. Yeah. I'm very sorry about the noise I just made. Oh, thanks. If you like this, you should read the book. (laughs) You and me. Yeah, me and you. If you like this, you should watch the movie. (laughs) I'm a little sad that recording is over now. Uh, Me too. I had fun. I did too. I had lots and lots of fun. I do tend to be kind of a Scrooge at the holidays, but that's why I love holiday movies. You know, movies for me are a whole experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just watching the right Christmas movie is really going to put me back in the right mood. Yeah. And that's what Muppets Christmas Carol does because this is just one big smile for me. Mm-hmm. It's an emotional pick me up. I love the Muppets. I love Michael Caine. I love the music. I love literature. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love it when we can take other entities like the Muppets or like a cartoon that we like Mm -hmm. and they do adaptations of very famous stories. Carrot Blanca. Oh my god, Carrot Blanca! (laughs) The Bugs Bugs Bunny version of Casablanca. The Looney Tunes Casablanca? Yes! Absolutely. Oh my god! Anyway. That sign outside of the club that says Eleanor Roosevelt in review. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway... I like that I like this version the best just because it is the Muppets and I like that the Muppets get to tell the story. But I especially I love this story. I love me a good redemption story. I love seeing someone being able to be reflective enough to change their ways. He completely changes his ways, his outlook on life. 
And yeah, it was all it took was a really sketchy nightmare. <laughs> but like, it's a testament to how even the worst can change. And uh, that just has always stuck with me in a world where it seems like the worst will never change. It's uh, it's a hopeful thing. If there's one thing that I miss about the Obamas, <laughs> it's the hope. <laughs> Seriously, it's a very good potent reminder for me that hope can win over fear. Boy. And now I'm emotional. Oh, no. So, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Let's wrap this bitch up like a Christmas present. Happy holidays, guys. Yeah, guys. A, a, a Merry Birthmas to everyone. <laughs> to people of all faiths in the Northern Hemisphere, I hope you keep each other warm this holiday season. We're going to be extra cozy next week because you know what we're covering next week? Mm. We're going to be covering one of your favorites. Oh, wait. I know about this. Yes. No, we did talk about this. Listen, guys, you can't get you cannot get through the holidays without at least one rom-com. Am I right? Like, I mean, Hallmark, they're on every five seconds. Listen, I kind of liked the idea of doing Love Actually. We'll do Love Actually another time. It's just very intricate. It is very, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about with Love Actually. So I thought I'd pick my second favorite Christmas time rom-com, The Holiday. Oh God. (laughs) Listen, Carrie doesn't like this movie. Carrie has actually never seen this movie. Because this is going to be a movie that you've seen and I haven't now. Ooh. Yeah. We did The Stepford Wives where you hadn't seen it. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen The Holiday from beginning to end. My, my. (laughs) How the turntables. I find the whole concept of Kate Winslet and Jack Black ending up together positively absurd. Carrie. And I cannot wait to see how it pans out. Carrie, it's so pure. <laughs> like, I love it. Also, what? Also, why would you switch houses with someone for the holidays? I don't get it. For the fun. Oh. For the adventure. For Jude Law. Oh, you know. <laughs> I'm kidding. I could see it. <laughs> So guys, we kind of wanted to try like a little contest thing for the end of the year. Does that sound fun? It does sound fun. Let's do that. Okay, so what we're going to do is for the entire month of December, everybody who leaves a review in Apple Podcasts, we're going to put them all in a hat and then we're going to choose one at random. And then whoever's name we draw, whoever's review that we draw, that listener will pick the first feature of the 2020 season. I love this desperate scheme for criticism. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, again, you know, we only want to grow and we only want to learn. We're hoping that getting to choose a feature might encourage some of you to leave us some criticism and some praise. No scheming, though. (laughs) Don't leave us a great review just so you can pick something dumb. (laughs) 
like two girls, one cup, or oh, stop it, no, ew, or Mr. Hands. Stop. You know, like we're not gonna be reviewing those kinds of movies. But that's how it's gonna work, guys. So get on over to Apple Podcasts. Yeah, get on over. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like so much, and help us make the show better for you. Help us, <laughs> please, please. My God, <laughs> it's Christmas. Don't hit me. It's Christmas. It's December 10th. <laughs> also, don't forget to go follow the show on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. <laughs> That's right. And if you want to follow Ross or myself on Twitter, Ross, where can they find you? You can find me on basically every social media platform as Ross right now. And I'm on Twitter as Carrie Barra, that's C-A-R-I-E-B-E-A-R-A, because my name is spelled funny. Yeah. (laughs) More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. And I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, Sorry, Mom. Mom. I like how we say until then, I'm Carrie and I'm Ross. Like, only until then. We'll become new people (laughs) when the new episode airs.